Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of Working in Yoga, the podcast for all of us yoga professionals to connect and chat and talk about our unique challenges and interesting creative opportunities in the world of teaching and facilitating yoga. My name is Rebecca Sebastian, and I am so thrilled for this first episode. So my first series is going to be about yoga studio owners. And I know yoga studio owners are sort of the untalked about and undiscussed demographic of people who work in the yoga industry. Now, I will be honest, I myself own a yoga studio. It's accessible and yoga therapy oriented in Davenport, Iowa, in the middle of the country. And I wanted to talk about my journey through COVID because if you're a yoga studio owner or a yoga teacher out there and you want to know what it's like from the owner end, I wanted to be able to share my challenges and my interesting joys over the last year while we have all been shut down. So here we go. My yoga studio, Sunlight Yoga Center, was only open for six months before we got shut down on March 15th of 2020, which seems to be the beware the Ides of March day for most of us when we got shut down across the United States. I had no idea what that meant. Just like everybody else, I sort of thought, some people thought we were only going to be closed a week. Some people thought we were going to be closed a couple weeks and it would all be good. I had kind of figured we would be closed at least a month, but that was just my instinct. And turns out we were closed for two months. We got the clearance in Iowa to reopen on May 15th. Now, I realize some of you out there might be listening in some of the coastal states where you're just now getting the first clearance to reopen to see students in person here in April of 2021. So my experience over the last year and yours probably were a little bit different, although I suspect that if you are listening from a state where you were not allowed to be reopened for the last year, you are imagining that those of us in states like Texas and Iowa and the Dakotas and even Florida where things weren't quite so regulated um, were a lot easier. I would argue that is probably not the case. They were just as challenging. However, 
different in our challenges. So another thing I should mention about my experience is that in my particular market where I am located, I was introducing a new kind of yoga. So I'm not a hot yoga studio and we have several of those in this area. I am not a power or ashtanga or very strict Iyengar sort of yoga studio that I opened up. We were accessible from the very beginning. That was one of my words. I wanted to make sure that we were welcoming to every human that wanted to come and do yoga. And I, from the very beginning, wanted to make sure that I talked about the other parts of yoga besides the physical asana, for those who don't know who are listening, the postures, in everything that we did. So I was introducing to my market a different sort of yoga studio. That on the best of days is a challenge. On COVID kind of days, it was a huge, huge over hurdle that I had to overcome. One of the things that I did have going for me was that before COVID really was talked about, I was already doing research about how I wanted to open a virtual element to my yoga studio. I had wanted to make sure that we were able to be accessible to folks even when they were online. And in the middle of the country, one of the things that I had noted was when everybody else in January is talking about how they see an uptick of classes because people have a new year and they have a new lease on life kind of thing. I live in a part of the country where sometimes it is very, very cold in the month of January. So we tend to see a slower move in January and February times. And I had already been thinking about how to kind of move over that slump by researching virtual yoga studios. So the virtual piece was not new to me when it was forced on us on March 15th. So I quickly did what all the rest of us did. I transferred our entire studio into a virtual model very quickly. We started doing live streams, which in the beginning were very successful. And then of course, tapered off a little bit. Um, we have a virtual library. I've run a strong virtual membership over the last year. I'm really, really lucky that paid for itself right from the very beginning. But we have been faced with some other challenges. Because of the state that I am located in, we were opened up very early. We actually were the first state to stop requiring masks in early 2021. And that made for running a business that required people to be inside, sharing the same air and space for more than 15 minutes, very difficult. Now, we in Iowa currently have no restrictions on capacity at all. I could fill my space with as many people as I wanted to. I have chosen not to because I know my demographic very well, and I wanna make sure that I'm serving my people and also making decisions that are right for me and my business. So it's been an interesting year. It's been interesting to make sure that the people who do come into the studio feel safe enough to practice and feel confident in the measures that we are taking as a yoga studio to make sure that they are safe and healthy and well. It's been a challenge because we have not had state guidance in the way that other states have about what would be appropriate. So yoga studio owners and restaurant owners and fitness facility owners and 
any business where we have a group of people coming to be in a space together have had to take it upon themselves without the benefit of public health degrees <laughs> that all the governments have um, to choose what's best for our businesses. And I know some people out there listening might feel like that is an advantage. I don't know that I feel like it is. I feel like, honestly, it is a marketing challenge. The way that we have marketed our businesses over the last year, I think very much sends a particular signal to those out there who are looking to utilize our services in yoga studios. The amount of reassurance I've had to give my customers over the last year is immense that we are taking all the necessary precautions. And I've been very clear about that. And honestly, that's gained me business. That has gained me business from other places that have not been doing the same thing. Also, it might have lost me business too. So it's been a big and challenging year. So if you're a studio owner listening to this, I don't know if you have shed some tears, but I sure did. I was very lucky to get some local grants to help help allow me to shift my mental focus so that it was away from scraping by and making sure I could pay my bills to something that sounded a little bit more like how can I thrive and how can I create a space where my staff members can thrive too. That's been very important to me from the beginning. Also, one of my core values as a human being is community. And I think community has been taken from us over the last year. And that's been such a challenge for me. So I've been trying to figure out ways to connect with my local community, not just the people who come in in the studio, but people in the broader community in my area to see how we can connect again, even though it's been hard. Now, Part of me sharing my story is that I'm going to go through a couple things that I think were pros for us yoga studio owners over the last year and a few things that I think are real challenges and challenges for us still because we are not out of the weeds yet. And if you have more ideas on challenges that you've experienced that I haven't mentioned, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear an email grab me a video, an audio clip, let me know what you're thinking here. But I will say, let's start with the pros. The pros for me, I think, were it allowed me the opportunity to be staggeringly creative in my business. And that was surprisingly fun. I love being creative. And I knew that when I started my business, but I had no idea how much fun being creative while running a business would be. Being creative with the marketing, being creative with the writing, all sorts of things that allow me to create something brand new that I am not beholden to any sort of industry standard or any sort of, this is how we've always done it before. One of the advantages, very few advantages, of me having only been open for six months before we went into the shutdown is that I didn't really feel like I was beholden to doing things the way that I had always done them because I hadn't always done them for so long. I was still in the phase of going, I'm not even really sure if I know what I'm doing. I feel much more like I know what I'm doing now than I did 14 months ago when we shut down. But it allowed me to really 
have the opportunity to rethink how I did everything. That was really fun. Like I still find that fun. That still lights me up when I wake up in the morning. How can I do something creative and fun and exciting and innovative in my business? And I can do that because why not? I have no precedent in which to have to break down in order to do something new. Um, It also allowed me to figure out how to restructure and reorganize my business in a way that is much more useful for me than I thought. I, when I started my business, I had a couple business coaches and they were both incredibly valuable. And I realized that when you start something, very few people are talking to you about creating the processes that make your business run smoothly. And partially because they realize that the person sitting in front of them is trying to figure out, oh my gosh, what colors am I going to put on my walls and how are people going to pay and all these other sorts of things that maybe don't, that, that matter, but maybe don't feed into the processes that make running your business easier. As a business owner, that's something I'm really passionate about is figuring out how to make a business run so smoothly that it just seems like it's just running itself sometimes. Now we on the back end as studio owners and business owners know that that's not necessarily the case, but there are processes and things that we can put into place to restructure, to make things easier. And having a year of not having a lot of business allowed me to do that for my, for my studio in a way that I don't think I would have even had time to think about had I not had that breathing room of us not being open. I also think that the last year for me allowed me to really have a better focus on what I wanted to bring to the yoga community, not only locally, but because we all shifted online beyond my local area. I can speak to people and share yoga with people all over the world if I want to. That's a real opportunity. It's funny, I've said over the last year, if I had been a yoga teacher instead of a yoga studio owner in 2020, I would have run. That would have been the opportunity for me to run forward into the digital age, into the streaming age in ways that I had never done before. There are more opportunities, I believe now for yoga teachers who are independent contractors who are solo agents than there ever have been before. I do think yoga studio owners, if you're out there listening, the age of teachers being beholden to us as studio owners is quickly dying, that we have to make sure that we are shifting into creating nurturing and nourishing spaces for our teachers who come to work for us too. And that is while workers' rights were always something that was important to me, that mental shift over the last year of really making sure that I'm creating a studio that has fertile soil that nourishes and nurtures my teachers is something that I have really come to realize is a clear focal point for me. Creating focus in who I want to speak to and how I want to, again, nurture and nourish the humans that come through the doors here in their yoga journey has also been something that I have been allowed to focus on in a very different way than I thought I would in the last year. 
And there's some real joy in beauty in that. I don't think I would ever have come to the realization of what I want to bring to the world with a yoga studio, with my yoga business, with my yoga teaching, if I had not had the space and been forced to be creative in new and innovative ways. Now, there are a lot of cons to this last year, cons that break my heart. I know yoga studio owners who've closed their spaces here and definitely all over the country. We have seen an industry shrink that has seen numbers that I have seen numbers anywhere between 20 and 30% on the whole, the fitness industry, which is what we are involved in here in yoga has shrunk by such a huge degree. There has been no specific relief for us. I know that you all know that there's still a bill floating around in the legislature that hopefully gets passed, but there's not enough support right now to get that bill passed to support the fitness and exercise and wellness industry getting specific relief the way that restaurants and bars have gotten relief. Cutting costs has been hard this year. I know I'm not the only yoga studio owner who had to cut teacher pay. I did. It made me sick to my stomach and really sad because I love my teacher and I love who works here. But also in order for me to still have a business, I had to do those things. And I know you probably did too. If you're listening and you own a studio, I know you did too. And those things are hard, harder than I think we let on. Oftentimes, because we are the helm of our business, we forget to be vulnerable and tell our teachers and our friends how hard it is, how hard it is to know that we're disappointing people who mean a lot to us, people who have come to help us succeed in our business, people who work for us, who maybe we have friendly relationships or sometimes friendship relationships with. And that can be a challenge. I think also over the last year, I have seen a very sad shift from collaboration or potential collaboration in our industry between studios to ruthless competition. This idea, this attitude that we are all fighting desperately for the same 12% of the population who does yoga. And I hope if you're listening that you take the opportunity to take a step back and figure out how you can be of greater service to our yoga studio community. I am certainly doing that. And that's part of why I started this podcast. We need to be able to lift each other and support each other. This is a hard business. It's hard to have friends who know what it is to run a yoga studio when the people you know in your community are also your direct competition. But I want to talk about what it means to go forward for us as yoga studio owners. And part of that, I think, is us sharing our stories. So over the next several episodes, you'll hear me talk to other yoga studio owners all over the country and including into Canada who have agreed to chat with me about their experiences during the last year, what they love about it, what they like about being creative in their businesses, the challenges that they're facing. And then each week at the end of the episode, we're going to share something that reminds you to care for yourself. Because 
I have to be honest with you, for most of the last year, I was tired. I had kids at home that I was helping to do online school. I had very little time for myself. Sometimes I was helping my kids do school and then I was putting them to bed and then I was doing stuff for my business between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. And those were hard days. Now, those days are not necessarily here right now. Um, I have created some more space and time in my life. I did something insanely bold and scheduled four weeks off for myself this year in a year when who knows what's going to happen. Who knows if we come back and people come back to see us. I'm not sure, but I need space and time for myself. And I know you do too, because this has been one of the wildest challenges over the last 14 months that I have ever experienced in my life. So my care tip for you today is to ask you, human who works in yoga, have you rested today? I recently started having a much deeper personal practice and my practice for the last year had been something that helped me just get through the day, right? It was just like, oh, something to to make it so I didn't wanna give up. But I've started to shift my practice again into something that was in service of myself and my own personal improvement. And I've started to take these long shavasanas. And I've started to notice that in my classes, when I'm seeing my students, I'm offering shavasana to groups of humans who are resting like they've never rested before. Because rest is essential. And your rest is essential. So have you rested today? Thanks so much for listening. And I can't wait to share with you some of the interviews that I've done with studio owners all over North America um, and maybe beyond because it's important that we share our stories about working in yoga. And I'll see you next time. Bye.